My Texas Table presents the Healthy Brain Podcast. This is the show for people who want to improve their brain stability, clarity, and longevity. Here's your host, certified health coach, Carrie Wainwright Miller. My guest today is a certified permaculture designer and master gardener. She's the brains behind a nonprofit agricultural education center in Hempstead, Texas, for Texas schools, teachers, children, corporations, and volunteers since the 90s attracting thousands of students each year who come to learn where their food comes from. I mean, why all this fuss about where your food comes from? Well, to answer that question and more, welcome to the Healthy Brain Podcast, the CEO and founder of Blackwood Educational Land Institute, Kath Conlon. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. I'm so excited to meet you, Kath, and discuss the importance of building community through regenerative practices and how it can make a positive impact on our mental health. Before we dive into this topic, though, but if you'd please share with us a little backstory of Blackwood. Was it a dream of yours to own a farm and teach others, or did the business just kind of organically grow on its own? It organically grew on its own. When my son was born in 83, I could not imagine how I was going to raise a young man that was ecologically sensitive and intelligent and great sense of humor in a city of millions. So this was family land. So I got permission, uh, or I asked him to please not raise cattle on it anymore and let me see what we could do by coming out here. So we just started coming, and it was really just for him that my focus was getting him outside. But he was a little tiny, and I started inviting his elementary school, his nursery school, and his middle school groups to come out. And eventually, one school came on Friday, and they were here every Friday the whole rest of the school year. And so then I realized that it was not just for one person. It was for all people that I really had an interest in sharing what I knew and what I knew in my heart because of being raised on a farm. Yeah, that's awesome. And where did you get the name? Oh, Blackwood? Yes. That was my grandmother, the most important woman in my life. Just an amazing, amazing person. And she's the one that introduced me to this natural world. Yeah, and so you must have had a really close relationship with her. A very close relationship, yes. What would you say was most instrumental? I was the oldest of five, so she played with me. Because being the oldest of five children, I was the adult. But as soon as um, my grandmother came on site, she and I were kids together, so we played. Oh, that, that's so <laughs> instrumental. I mean, that's so yes. good because, I mean, all of us kids out yes. here need attention, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So, Kath, what is your definition of regenerative farming? Because that's a little bit about what y'all do out here, right? Yes, yes. Well, I like to think of ourselves as, before we're anything else, we're soil farmers. Mm-hmm. So we pay close attention to what we grow and what we put into the soil. One time we had a little diesel spill and we kind of freaked out. It's like, oh my gosh, we've got diesel in the soil. What are we going to do? And so we actually called and A&M said, don't worry about it. Just make some compost tea and pour it over the area. And the microbes in the compost tea will eat up all of the diesel. Oh, that's awesome. And I was so excited about that. And then when we make compost tea, if you look at it underneath the microscope, Mm -hmm. you get to see all the microbes, all of them, all the different varieties of microbes doing somersaults and doing uh, cartwheels and spinning and twisting. And they're so alive. And when you show that to a child, all of a sudden that dirt that's underneath their feet becomes living soil. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. And how can it help regenerating the soil? So how can it help regenerating the soil as far as helping the planet and human health at the same time? So when we till soil constantly and leave it raw, we're releasing CO2s into the atmosphere, which is not good for our climate, number one. But number two, every time we go in and fuss with the soil, we're breaking up the soil blocks that the microbes live in. And those microbes need to stay as a whole block so that they can do for us what they want to do. That every time we go in and till it, we're breaking it all up, and then they have to start all over every day. And that's not a good thing. So most of the foods that we're familiar with and that we eat today are all annuals. And we, as a farm, we are morphing from being primarily an annual farm to being primarily a perennial farm so that we can plant our legumes, we can plant our sunflowers for oils, we can plant our kerns of grains for breads and pastas and things like that and almost have a full diet in one field, and it's all perennial. And we go it, we take care of it, and we harvest it, and then we separate out all the seeds, and we take care of it, and we harvest it, and we take care of it and harvest it. We are not tilling the ground. And so we are in the midst of switching from being to be mostly a perennial. Yeah, the crop rotating. Right, right. Yeah, the rotation of the crops, rather. Mm -hmm. Right. The rotation comes in. In the back, we've got 10 acres that were dedicated to strictly regenerative farming. And that's where we have cattle. And we just put our first cattle out there on Sunday. That's exciting. It is very exciting. Yes. <laughs> what did you get and how many cows did you get? On we the, just got four. We got four and they're Brangus cattle. They're Brangus. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Who did you learn? Did you call someone in specifically about? We um, borrowed the cows because okay. we don't know. I mean, we're just learning about how many cattle goes back there, what kind of grasses they're going to like to eat. So... As soon as we let the cattle out, we had a seed mix that was put together specifically for us because we are right on the cusp of where the Blackland Prairie, the Savannah Post Oak, and the Piney Woods ecosystems or biomes meet. And so there's a special group of grasses and things that will like to grow back there. Mm, That's right. Yes. And so we let the cattle out, and then myself and another farmer, neighbor, and his son, River, we all went out and spreading all the seeds. And we're doing that because the seed, the cattle will then punch all the seeds, it's like a seed drill, will punch all the seeds down into the ground. They will poop and they'll do their thing and, you yeah. know, fertilize it. And all of those seeds will start growing up. They're all perennials. All the grasses are perennials. So when they first come up, we will watch the cattle and we'll let them nibble on it a little bit and then we'll take them off so that the grasses can really establish themselves over the next year. And we'll just have them come in and go out and come in and go out. Yeah, and it's just it's, so healthy. Yes. For the soil. Yes, exactly. Which in turn is healthy for us. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're going to eat cows, right? Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, people think they don't want to eat worms. Mm. You know, they don't want to eat crickets. But chickens eat worms, and chickens eat crickets, and they eat grasshoppers, and then we in turn eat the chickens. Oh, yeah. So they're digesting a lot of food for us. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And so eventually, once we get the cattle on there, we learn what their habits are. We'll bring in sheep and we'll bring in uh, red wattle pigs. I'm just curious, where are you going to put the pigs? We're going to let them roam in that, they're that gonna, 10 acres in the back. Okay. 
Yeah. And they'll just roam. So what will they be? We're going to do mob grazing. And so they will be in a close quarter so that Mm -hmm. that we're protecting where they're not going to just roam free out there. They'll be in a pen. Gotcha. And then that they'll stay there for two days and then we'll move the pen and then we'll move the pen and then we'll move. The reason that we're doing that is because we're putting in asparagus patches. Mm, yum. One of my favorites. We're putting in all sorts of, again, perennial foods. Yes, I am. So we're protecting our American beauty berries. Mm-hmm. That's so fascinating. We're protecting the ground cherries that just grow naturally back there. Yes, ma'am. So on a side note, I'm assuming you don't use glyphosate no. out here to battle the, wo- the weeds <laughs> no, here. No. So what's your take on glyphosate and the impact it's made on our lands, which impacts our health? Oh, my gosh. Where do you start, right? Where do you start, right? Thank just, you, Monsanto. Yes, it just seems evil. I mean, you know, this, one of the sad pieces about it for me is that that's what Monsanto creates mm. is glyphosate. And Monsanto is a huge supporter of many of these universities around here. And so when we call to partner with them or bring professors over here to talk, I mean, it's almost sometimes they feel like they have a script, you know, that they don't want to interact with us. So I feel sad about that, you know, because there are so many young farmers out there and farmer wannabes that they're not being exposed to all that they could be exposed to. Mm-hmm. And the truth needs to be told. The truth needs to be told. I mean, right. it's the right thing to do. Yes, yes, so. yes. And you know, oftentimes when you are doing the right thing, you're going to be attacked yeah. by people that disagree and want things to go in a different direction. It's so true. Yep. So it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. I wish I had an armor on my back, but I don't. So oftentimes those things really hurt. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah. And, and knowing that you're doing the right thing and that they just don't see it or they don't want to be open mind to it. You mm-hmm. know? So, Kat, we were brought up in a world where we didn't have electronics. We played outside and barefoot. Our mom was called us in when it was time to eat. We wouldn't even think of spending the majority of our time indoors. Right. I mean, we thrived outdoors. It's just the way it is to connect with the land. You're obviously a believer in taking the education to the young people. You've got something called Farm School here at Blackwood. I'd love for you to tell our audience a little bit about it and why you feel that it's so vital to educate the children in today's world. When I was little, one of the things that said safety to me was when I would hear the wooden blinds beating against each other because the breeze was blowing through the window. I would feel the breeze coming through the window. And I knew that my mom put me to bed to take a nap in the afternoon. And then I would hear, and later on, I realized that those were crop duster planes. And that's what made, that was the big, I mean, it's in the middle of the Industrial Revolution. And that's what made farms, it broke families apart. It meant that families had to stop being outside, move into town so that everybody could go to work. Instead of children being able to be outside and playing and being wild Indians and running through the woods and forgetting that the sun is going to set a little bit. So what was your question? Why did I do that? Yeah. So I'd love for you to tell our audience about it, why you feel that it's so vital oh, it, to yes. encourage children, to educate them about. Yes. yes. Um, it's really not just the children. It's the whole family. Because when the Industrial Revolution came in, it broke the family apart. It was no longer a safe place for 
grandparents to work, for women to work, for children to work, or just to go out and enjoy. And it was really just the man that was out there doing the work. And so I want to show that farms are beautiful and that farms are safe and that this is a good place to raise a family. It's a good place to raise children. And being a farmer is you've got to wear a lot of hats. You've got to be very, very, very smart. You've got to be a chemist. You've got to be a chef. You've got to be a horticulturist. You have to be a teacher. You have to be all of those things. You have to be strong. You have to be an Olympian. And um, you've got to work on your physical strength, your mental strength, your emotional strength, and your spiritual strength in order to be a successful farmer. You've got to have as many streams of revenue coming in as you possibly can. And you've done a great job of that here, um, and, setting an example. And part of that is exposing that to children. So we have a couple of compost tea brewers here. And so when I think about a woman at home in her kitchen making tea, it's clean. It's very, very clean. Her tea uh, pot is clean. All the brewers here, they get washed and slushed and scrubbed so that they're clean. Because we want a mother to be able to come out here and want to put her hand in that. Yes. And if it's not clean, why would anybody want to put their hand in there? So, I mean, it's all hard. You know, we've taken on an enormous task. And it's not easy. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Well, Um, y'all are doing a great job here. But it's also one of the most rewarding Mm, yes, ma'am. Yes. It's easy to be criticized also. And so you just have to look beyond that and know that you're doing the absolute best that you can. So would you perhaps have a story to tell of a young person or someone who has visited the farm here in Blackwood whose life has been transformed in one way or another, maybe through one of your camps or one of your events, or you probably hear a lot of stories. Yes. Well, right this minute, we have a camp going on, mm-hmm. Blackwood Nature Camp. And when we started off, the point, original point, was nature. But so many people's eyes would glaze over when we would talk about nature. And then at some point, not too long ago, six or seven years ago, we put food in front of nature. Because you can talk about nature all day long and never talk about food. But you cannot talk about food without talking about nature. So that was a huge game changer for us when we put food out front. So we have nature camp going on right now. So the young man that is our camp director started off here many years ago as a camper. And he's the camp director this summer. You want to give him a little plug? (laughs) His name is Cyrus Shafi. And he's a fabulous, fabulous young man. There's another young man here who's been coming to camp since he was seven. Wow. And And how old is he now? He's 15 or he's 14. And he says... This is where I want to work. This is where I want to go to camp as many weeks as my parents and Blackwood will let me be here. This is where I want to have my bar mitzvah, which he did last year, a year and a half ago. This is where I want to get married. This is just where his life is. This is where he feels alive, where he feels valued, where he feels appreciated. Yeah, that connectedness yes. is so important. Yeah. Yes. There have been several times when I've stopped to call parents and ask them if they would please share black the, just the name and what we do with their friends and their family. And so many times they have said, I would love to, but my son doesn't want me to. 
Because that's his special place. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Or my daughter doesn't want to because it's where they get to go and be the person that they see themselves being and not acting the way because somebody's going to treat them a certain way. Yeah, that's so special, Kath. It is special. Mm -hmm. Yes. People are still searching for that magic pill to prolong their life or protect themselves from heart attacks, dementia. I mean, we have an epidemic of chronic disease here in the United States. But ultimately, we are responsible for ourselves and teaching our children the path to a healthy mind and body. For those who don't have access to this wonderful habitat out here in Blackwood, what would be your message to all the moms, dads, maybe grandparents raising children with the mindset of eating clean, nutritious foods? I mean, what would be your top three strategies to do to educate them at home? What can parents and grandparents do? I would raise as much food at home as you can. I mean, you may not be able to have your whole garden. We used to do edible garden tours in Houston. Okay, yeah. Then we stopped, but I fully expect that we'll go back and do that again. But there were people that, you know, had turned their whole backyard into grapefruit orchards, you know, and Bob Randall with Urban Harvest, his whole yard is a huge, giant food forest. It's wonderful. And there's lots of people that have done that. Some people, it's not a place that a child would go at and be able to do somersaults in. And so they need both of those places. You know, where can they roam and go wild? Mm -hmm. And where can they roam and pick food? You know, they're kind of two different worlds. So I would grow as much of it as I can, and I would focus on soil. I mean, you've got to be a scientist. You know, it's not a place that to just go play around in. We've got to pay close attention to what's in our soil because that is what will be in your food. Exactly. And that is what will be in your body. And that is what affects your brain. Right. You're right on. Okay, well, Kath, I could spend all day out here, and you are so full of knowledge, but I've got one more question for you before we wrap it up. It's a simple question. We're sitting here in July of 2020. We are in the midst of a series of unprecedented events here in our nation. And so just how important is it to create your own garden these days? You just spoke on that. Oh, it's ever more important. Whenever I speak to groups, I usually start off saying, this is what I believe today, because with our population growing exponentially, every time there's a new batch of germs that come on hand, we have new germ colonies that are created constantly. So that means that our foundation of knowledge is also changing constantly. So this is what I believe today. It may change tomorrow because of that. But it's ever more important for people to begin to take responsibility for where their nutrition comes from. Yes, ma'am. So if someone is, you know, living on some land or even a little neighborhood, they can create a garden. But if you're living in in pots, if if you're in an apartment, just a few pots. Yes. Yes. Just grow it because it takes you outside. We need the sunshine. I mean, one of the greatest remedies to fighting this pandemic is getting vitamin D. And, um, Absolutely. and that comes from the sun. So we need to be outside. We need to breathe the fresh air. We need to generate our own fresh air. And you're going to do that by having a garden. Yes. Yes. Well, Kath, I just want to thank you so thank much you. for taking time out of your busy schedule to share with our listeners your stance on healthy living and community through regenerative practices, 
and just everything that's going on here at, at Blackwood. You can share that in just a little bit. But what an example you have set for so many people around the world, honestly. You are giving back to the next generations, teaching them the importance of not only caring for this planet, but sharing the knowledge of community and what healthy really looks like, especially when it comes to mental health. Kath, your heart is good. I see that. And it's through your hard work, hard work out here. You have so mindfully created such a beautiful oasis for others, and we so appreciate you. Please tell our audience where we can find you and your website, social media platforms, and all that so we can learn more about you. You can go to www.blackwoodland.org. And I think if you go there, you'll find everything. Workshops are there. Classes are there. CSAs are there. You can find Instagram, Twitter, all that. Yeah, Yeah, y'all go check it out. Again, Kat, thank you so much for your time. It's been an honor. It's been an honor to sit with you as well. To be a part of Blackwood Educational Institute today. Thank you again for being a guest on The Healthy Brain Podcast. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace personalized advice from your healthcare provider. If you have specific medical questions, please talk to a licensed medical professional.